the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Coming from our collective caves to your dank dwellings, this is Cave Dweller Music. I'm Matt. We have on the line with us uh, James and Brendan. Gents, how are we? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing rather well. And uh, Brendan, we can't leave you out of the call. How's it going on your I'm own? doing very well. Thank you so much. No, nah, it's no worries. It's always a pleasure to jump on the, uh, jump on the line with you guys. Um, so yeah, this is Cave Dweller Music, the first of what should be many podcasts basically going to be james brendan and myself we'll go through we'll run down uh albums that have been that have come out ones that are coming up which were awesome uh seeing as is our first one we're kind of going to do a little bit of uh just general housekeeping you know introducing the page for people that don't know it talking about uh who we are and why the hell we're doing this it's not just an ego trip we actually do genuinely like music uh so first and foremost james uh this was your brainchild so give us a little bit of a heads up on uh, how Cave Dweller Music, or as people in the uh, know might know, what it was called before then. So basically, I was sitting on the couch. This was during COVID lockdown. Everyone was a bit bored. And I messaged Matt, and I was like, hey, man, do you want to maybe start a music page or a music group? Because you and I talk music a stupid amount every day, honestly, way too much. And uh, I think other people could benefit from how much we talk music. Uh, he said yes. So I slapped together a really basic Facebook group, which is actually a private group, which is still in existence, just name changed. Uh, and it was originally called Not Your Grandfather's Music Posting Group, which was kind of a stupid inside joke between Matt and I. Um, and a couple of people found it pretty funny, but most people were like, why is your group called that? Uh, and then we actually attached a page to it because we realized you couldn't really invite people or find new followers by just having a group initially. Uh, the page, we ended up doing some reviews on there, like music reviews for a couple of smaller bands. And uh, people started to take notice. We started getting a few followers. More bands started reaching out to us. And uh, we actually started blowing up. So I decided one day, I said to Matt, maybe we should change the name. And we actually had a dude who runs uh, another page who reached out to us and said, hey, you guys have some potential. Maybe look at changing it to something more serious and uh, we did so that is how we became cave dweller music and as of today we cracked 1000 likes go us yeah uh, look i'm not gonna lie not your grandfather's music posting page was pretty damn good but to be able to bring it back to the old uh, knuckle dragging caveman riffs which is just such a beautiful music meme i think it's it's worked out rather well I think so too, definitely. It, it kind of represents what we listen to and what we're about a bit more. Uh, and then, so that was us running it for a little while. And then there was this really cool dude that would always post in the page. And James and I, basically, every time he posted something, we're like, dude, this guy, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse. He knows exactly what good metal is. Uh, and that is the third gentleman on this call, Brendan. Hello, hello. Um, so yeah, I think you and James can kind of go through the, it was from what I can gather, it was a pretty simple, uh, way of getting you into the group. Uh, but yeah, tell us how you, uh, became one of the three main cave dwellers. So, uh, for me, I was kind of in the same situation as James in lockdown with everybody in the world. 
and I had uh, found myself on uh, Facebook more trying to find like new music and um, I stumbled upon Not Your Grandfathers and I was like, whoa, this guy's got a lot of potential. And uh, so I just was like, these guys got to hear this band. All right. And then I'm going to slap them with another band. And I just kept going from there. And I was just like, oh, these guys got to hear this, you know. Um, and then after all of uh, that posting, I was James was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing. But uh, if you want to help us out, we have so much content that we need help. And I was like, all right, I've got nothing going on, man. So I'll give a crack at it and let's go. I love music. So sending out love to everybody is really not a hard thing to do. So it was just natural. And then it was only like uh, last week, if not the week before that one, I think it was your first review as well, popped up on the uh, Cave Dweller music page. What was the review that you did first? Uh, for Turkey Vulture, uh, local band me in uh, Connecticut. Also a bloody terrifying creature. James was saying there's a few turkey vultures getting around uh, near where he lives. And my God, man, like birds are terrible at the best of times, but. Who the fuck decided they were? It's not just Nia. They fly over our backyard. Oh, they're uh, oh. they're out here too, and they they've got great big wing wingspans, man. They're like you know five feet across, some of them. Are they huge? Yeah. I mean, I like I said, terrified of birds at the best of times. Like I got bomb dived by a series of plovers the other day, <laughs> and that's just the worst thing. And then magpies it is swooping season here in australia so basically i'm walking around like a dickhead carrying a huge stick every time i uh i gotta go out for a walk but uh enough about our terrifying. actually no 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 don't don't move on from that one just quickly explain to our listeners who are not from australia what swooping season is oh god yeah i completely forgot um it's just it's just a really terrible time of year in australia from about like uh september august to like October, November, you basically can't do anything about it, right? Like you're just walking down the street and then you just hear this flapping and then you, there's always a click. And basically it's whenever magpies or plovers are, uh, are nesting and they've just laid their eggs. They're all, you know, trying to be parental, trying to be like cute mum and dad birds. But for some reason being cute mum and dad birds also means bomb diving every <laughs> poor bastard that walks past like it, it was to the it would have looked ridiculous um to the outside eye but i went down uh to the cricket nets the other day and i was like oh man and you know i've got nothing to do i've got the afternoon off work uh i'll go down and you know get a bit of uh get a bit of sun get a bit of exercise in and then there was these plovers that just came at me for a good half an hour straight so i'm sitting there with like a cricket bat in hand trying to grab all my stuff because I'd stupidly spread it all around this uh, this patch of grass while these plovers are bomb diving me. And yeah, basically from September through till about like November, you're just kind of going to accept that birds are going to be swooping you. So I got <laughs> two really quick anecdotes about that. Uh, one of those is one of the funniest times I ever got swooped by a magpie. I was closing my front door and I got slapped in the back of the head and uh, <laughs> t- turned around and said, Oi, fuck off. And I thought it was one of my housemates. And I turned around, there's a magpie directly in my face. It's got me at my front door, back of the head. And the other what? quick one is back in college, we actually used to play a game with the plubbers where we had a Nerf mega hurler. Do you remember those? I and, do. Uh, I do. We would get really drunk at night and then uh, throw it as far out we could in the field. And then we took turns having to run and get it, being swooped by plubbers in, in the dark. 
Bloody USQ College, hey. Um, so that's basically us and how we got involved in Cave Dweller Music. I think we should bring it back a little bit and sort of, uh, you, if we, you haven't checked out the website, it's got a brief bio up there as well. Definitely go do that. Just dropped today. James basically nutted this thing out in uh, 24 hours. And I tell you what, it could be the fact that I'm absolutely techno illiterate, but the man's done a really bang up job. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Thank yeah. you. It was I amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's bring it back and sort of talk individually uh, about who we are and how, you know, we got involved into more uh, extreme kinds of music, sort of heavier stuff. And I think a really good way of doing that is um, you guys would obviously have a gateway record into heavy music, right? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do a bit of a whip around. Brendan, we'll start with you, man. What was your um, what was your gateway record into heavy music? Uh, I was a teenager um, and it was Earth Crisis, Gamora Season's End. Oh, you can't see it because, it's, you know, obviously it's audio, but I'm fist pumping so hard. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I only got into Earth Crisis like... I just- I remember listening to it as like, you know, a young, impressionable teen. And I'm just like, wow, these motherfuckers are just on fire. They're speaking like their lyric content is just it's great. You know, like they they're just motivated. They're they're positive. You know, it was it was everything that I kind of needed. And wow, just so heavy, you know, oh, I I couldn't. Like it took me up until uh, I think it was this year to really get into to Earth Crisis, and I think it was uh, Machines. I can't remember the full name, but that was the one that got me into it. And then I yeah, was like, that was their first Roadrunner record, I think. And you listen back, and you kind of like, dude, every metalcore band after this basically rips off Earth Crisis. Oh yeah, those guys were the pioneers for sure. You know, I think even uh, Hatebreed took a little uh, lesson from them. Oh man, Hatebreed's another one that I haven't listened to in uh, in ages. But yeah, it was yeah, just, they're and then metal even, now, you know, like it's just oh, they evolved, you know. And then even going back, like shit, like uh, I went back and recently revisited Judge, Youth of Today, Cro-Mags I only got into recently, and I'm just sort of like, man, I've been sleeping on this youth crew era hardcore so damn hard. Oh, it's so good, you know? And, and now, at this time, it, it's, they're all becoming classics. They are. I, was, I just, um, when we mentioned there, I was like, well, how long ago did Gamora's come out? And it's like, it's bordering on being 20. Oh, no, it has been. It's over 20 years since that <laughs> came out. That's insane to me. That album's like a year younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, when that came out, I was, I was banging my head to it my mom is like what is this and i'm like read the <laughs> lyrics ma this is awesome <laughs> and uh i think only james you've only sort of got back into earth crisis and this kind of stuff recently isn't that is that the yeah case? i kind of never went through the hardcore phase and i've been slowly i know it used to give me so much shit for look it too. i'll be honest i when i met you you were a straight edge hardcore kid and uh I was the one. Now, look, look how far yeah, we've come. I converted you to liking black metal, and and that's what's ruined basically any metal with clean vocals from uh, from here on out for me. But what was your um, what was your gateway record into heavy music? Uh, when I say like, I say more alternative first. I mean, I was kind of like early thirteen, and someone played me System of a Down, and being thirteen, I thought it was the coolest stuff I've ever heard. And then it was a really slippery slope from there. So very shortly after that. I was super into Nile 
And Nile was actually the Ooh, first boy. really, really heavy band that I got into. So extreme music wise, the first band that I got into was actually Nile with the album uh, Annihilation of the Wicked. Whoa. Yeah, that's a tight album, man. It is. Flash to the Slave Stick and Sacrificing to Sebek. Those songs were my jam. I, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I had to actually Google it because I don't think I've listened to Nile before. Oh, wow. Not that. Those albums are just as old, man. They're getting up there. Yeah. I know. What is it? When was the 2005? That doesn't seem right. I'm just doing a bit of Wikipedia-ing in the background. But yeah, I, I, uh, ah, and there we go. Is this what... um? Was that what sparked your long-standing love for all things death metal? Well, I heard some other stuff that I really liked before that, but that was the first truly, really heavy, extreme stuff that I got into. And then following that, I went back and I rediscovered all the classics and uh, I fell in love with Obituary, uh, Deicide, you know, uh, oh, Bolt Thrower, all the good stuff. Um, oh, Bolt Thrower. Yeah. But- yes. The only band to ever make Warhammer not incredibly late. <laughs> <laughs> they do it justice that is for sure <laughs> they do uh it's it one of those bands that like i remember listening to uh it wasn't the fourth crusade it was like a couple of records before that and as soon as i put it on i was like where has this been uh all my life it's it's just so you know, you know which track by them really goes off uh world eater oh yes please i'll just go through i'll try and find that which bolt thrower record it was that just absolutely blew my mind. But while I'm doing that, uh, funnily enough, and I think James sort of alluded it, alluded to it a little bit earlier, but my, we'll go like regular metal first and then we'll go into extreme. But the first uh, metal record that I ever sort of was like, dude, where, where has this been all my life? Uh, was ashes of the wake. Really? Good old lamb. Of God. Oh yeah. Great album. Um, kind of, haven't really i think it was after sacrament they died in the ass a little bit but man those first three lamb of god records are just mwah, primo chef's kiss thrown out everywhere oh yeah and a great a great anecdote uh that you might appreciate i think i've told james this one before but i was working in the middle of brisbane city and i think it was like the same day that lamb of god were touring i don't think they were touring with metallica but they're opening up for someone slayer was uh, it the slayer tour I think it might have been. I caught um, them for that, man. That was bananas. It was, it was really bizarre having Randy from Lamb of God buying Bond's underwear <laughs> while you're serving him. You kind of like, it, it, when you're behind the microphone, I'm terrified of you. But you buy underwear like everyone else. I guess. I guess everyone. Everyone. Does. Yeah, man. Everybody puts their uh, pants on one leg at a time, bro. Uh, I love the uh, little bit of an appropriation from a Tina Belcher quote. Gets me right in the little, uh, right in the heart. But in terms of uh, records that got me into extreme metal, dude, it has to be Transylvanian Hunger. Like, I think that was probably the first black metal record that I listened to. And I was like, I've never heard anything like this before. I need to listen to basically everything from this genre. (laughs) And it was like, obviously I'd heard Mayhem a couple of times before before in like 2012 ish Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until transylvanian hunger where i'm like okay this isn't as goofy and like the vocals it i don't know how to describe it just it sounds evil is the best way i actually remember when you did that because you hit me up and you said 
dude, I finally get it. Hit me with some links. And I think I sent you like a hundred albums or something in like a 24 hour period. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. It was just that thing where it's like the, that first sort of, I don't know the, that weird claw chord that they play. And it's really fast drumming where everything sort of sounds like one note, but it's just a whole bunch of really sharp. Oh, I'm getting chilled. I'm going to have to go listen to this after we <laughs> listen to that after we finish up, to be honest. So that's the stuff that got us into extreme metal. And we're obviously in the year 2020, everything's sort of fallen out the ass. But in saying that, there's been quite a few heavy releases to come out this year. And just let me get uh, my list of them up because I basically am that kind of music nerd where I've actually written down every record that I've listened to so far this year. I, I don't know if I can if I can nail it down. The first one that I sort of saw was um, was Peril by Nerve Song, oh, which is just, That was a killer album. It was so good, man. And I, yeah, I'll have to go through. But um, while I'm doing that, what was um, some of your favorite records to come out this year? Um, definitely Nerve Soul was one of them. We You and I did that combined top, 10 list and we both picked we that did. um Aranzi pazuzu was actually one of my tops that was that was a killer album if you guys haven't heard that yet definitely check that out. definitely go check it definitely out. definitely worth um, brendan what about you what have you got this year i really loved uh torture tomb it was uh just just amazing so heavy so fast and just dirty great like blend of old school death metal with like such a new flair and sound to it and i think i'll actually have to put in uh i flies tub of lard it basically sounds like a melvin's tribute record but it's got one of the guys from full of hell and there's a couple of other like notable hardcore band members that have jumped over onto this one as well but oh man it's so good it's so filthy like the the bass tone is somehow louder than the guitar but the guitar is dirtier than the bass. And it's just one of those really disgusting meshes of that like sludge. Ah, it's definitely go check that one out as well. I'm just going over here. What else have we had that's come out this year? I'm going to add in joint hugger. If you guys have heard that album. Yeah. uh, Mm. That that was phenomenal. What else we got? Uh, Primitive man. I was about to say that. Wow. That was killer. Wow. I was kind of surprised to, I wasn't a surprise. I was interested to see uh, what they would do once like off the back of caustic, because man, that, that album's just terrifying. It is like you're, it's so being physically assaulted by music, but somehow they went even heavier, but also catchier. How you balance the two. I've got no idea. That second track on the album is like the audio equivalent of a horror movie oh, with just tension that goes from the very beginning to the very end without dissipating. And uh, right in the middle, you get some vocals, but the same like sort of pitched music just doesn't stop the whole way through. And I was going to say horror movies. James, do you uh, remember a little group called Hallowed Butcher? <laughs> yes, that was actually one of my top for the year too. I almost forgot that one. Yeah, you can't yeah. forget that album. I- so we need to thank Brendan for that because he was the dude that actually put us onto that. Ah, well, Brendan, seeing as this was uh, your great find, do you want to talk us through it a little sure. bit? Sure. Um, so a friend of mine got me onto this. He was like, you got to check this out. And uh, I was like, all right. 
what you got here? And, you know, um, death songs from the hymnal of the, what are we calling this? The hymnal church. And basically, this guy spent 10 years living with a death cult out of Maine and eventually got, like, the scriptures written into song. And, uh, you know, he's just a one-man band, which I truly appreciate all that kind of stuff, that DIY is just so important, I think, with music. And this guy, he put literally his heart and soul into this. And uh, it's so, like, just genuinely evil, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is, a, it's kind of a, Matt and I both listen to it. And I listen to it by myself in bed at night in the dark. And uh, it makes you a little paranoid. Oh, it's so good. I listened to it on a uh, bike ride the other day. And I just forget how, like, towards the uh, end of the album where he's got like the acoustics going on and they're singing and it's just like, Oh, you just feel so good. You know, uh, I think the song is on the altar is what I'm talking about. And it's so, Oh yeah. You know, uh, it's the last song on the album. It's the only thing that I can liken it to is anything that the body have put out. But even then it kind of does make the body seem, catchier and a little bit more poppy and if anyone can make the body sound like a pop band <laughs> you know that you're, you're putting out some absolutely disgusting stuff absolutely. death to death to all as well that track track four death to all that oh, one is God. yeah that's the yeah, that longest track on the uh, album too or no ever glooms by a few seconds but nonetheless and uh, i don't know if you guys know this but he signed to uh, aesthetic death who we uh, received a bunch of albums from uh recently from their the label on a stew and yep. uh, he signs a lot of really experimental, really dark, really cool bands. So if you guys out there haven't looked into Aesthetic Death's discography, definitely check it out. It's worth a listen. Absolutely. I love how they have like a little bit of a electronic feel to it, but it's yeah. still organic. Yeah, a lot of his stuff is like that. It's like that other band, his uh, Pando. We reviewed their album as well. Yeah. Um, that is some really experimental stuff right there as well. Well, I can't go past Shabalba. Not going to try and pronounce the album uh, because it is in a, a derivative of Spanish. But man, it was it's basically Bolt Thrower Worship, but with a whole bunch of like really heavy hardcore influences, which is a great mix of like old school death metal and beatdown parts. And I've I've been a fan of I've had Shibalba in my orbit for a little while. Man, it was one of those records where I sort of like. Found out about them ages ago, knew that they were a band for a little while, and then I saw something pop up, and I was like, I haven't checked these guys out for a little while. But, man, when I did, I was very glad that I paid them a revisit. I think I actually sent that album through to you because I was I was on a run, and I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God, this is bolt thrower worship that Matt will love. It, you're not wrong. If you get the chance, check out their video for Cold, and it looks like the single best house party ever. <laughs> I think it's Cold. But basically, all they're doing is like frying up a whole bunch of meat. There's a there's a house show they're all playing in their room. It's it's pretty damn cool. One more album I have to mention that I just remembered for our top list. Um, do you remember the album I sent you by the Crooked Whispers, Satanic Melodies? Oh yes, I was um I was on my way to work and I listened to that. It's like a forty five ish minute drive, and oh my god, it's so good. It's so crusty, but like, I don't, yeah, I don't. Crusty is probably the best way of describing. I would it call it memory. slimy. <laughs> ah, I like the adjective because <laughs> it kind of sounds like a slimier version of um, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, maybe mixed with some weed eater. 
Oh, look, as, as, as anytime you mention Wade Ada, you've got my attention. Yeah. Yeah, those dudes are fantastic. I, I saw them with Conan in uh, Wellington with a hangover, and uh, my head almost exploded, but it was worth the pain. And that was a fantastic gig. <laughs> I bet that would be amazing to see. Those uh, Southern Sludge bands are so good. Definitely. I was going to see them when they came through Brisbane a while ago, but I was, you know, poor fucking broke boy. And I was like, damn, $60 for a ticket. I can't afford that. I'm too poor. <laughs> <laughs> I actually told Matt uh, a story about them recently that he hadn't heard. I don't know if you've heard this either, Brandon, but um, the lead singer actually shot his own toe off with a shotgun. Jesus. And uh, they had to postpone oh, a bunch yeah, of Oh, yeah, I remember you sent me through. That's so funny. They had to postpone recording um, by a while, uh, delay the whole album coming out. Yikes. <laughs> I've got, it's not a, a weed eater story, but James and I both have pretty good Conan stories. Uh, when I was living out in the middle of nowhere doing some work at a radio station out there, I was like, one afternoon, I was like, dude, I've got nothing else going on. There's a pub like an hour and a half away. I'm going to drive out and see, you know, got out there, no worries. Went to the pub, uh, had a look at the cemetery. And then I was kind of like, well, I'm tired and had a nap in the back of my car. So anyway, I was driving home, listening to Conan and the roads in Outback Australia to call them roads is a little bit of an overstatement. What they basically are is a, a, a flat as possible path just filled with a fucking shit ton of rocks. So I was cruising along, listening to Conan, like drinking a coffee. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Hit a bad point in the road and my car started going sideways. And I was like, wow, this isn't going to go well. And then rolled my car. Oh my- and uh well obviously i'm still alive thankfully but yeah i've and i basically listened to conan all the way back as well so (laughs) good uh good good band to roll your car to i would say i believe believe it i believe it is about what do they call themselves um they're caveman Caveman battle hymns (laughs) caveman battle hymns i believe that's it oh man that is i didn't know that that's just made me love them even more yeah, those guys are fantastic. Well, that's sort of a uh, a bit of a recap of the 2020 we've had so far. There's a ton of awesome bands that we've got going on there. Um, but let's have a little bit of a look ahead. Let's get around our crystal cave dwelling ball and having a look what's going on. What are some of the records coming out in the remainder of 2020 that you guys are keen to uh, wrap your ears around? Ooh. So you, all of us were talking about this band right before this call. And uh, I think we have to mention them. There is a new release coming by Zeal and Arda. Yes, that's going to be a lot of fun, man. Those guys really... Uh, I haven't been converted uh, over to that train as of yet, but I'm uh, expecting a whole bunch of hate for because of it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and mind. And you deserve it. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to say it. I like it. No, I love it. That is one of my favorite bands and one of the best live shows I have been to. Yeah, you were really high when you saw it. Well, not, I don't know if you were high or not, but you were really high on the show <laughs> no, when you went to go see I it. was not high, but I was high on the show. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic, though. It was one of those gigs where um, I actually sat down because I went alone because someone bailed on me and just had a beer and just listened to the music. And it had a ton of atmosphere. And honestly, the, the quality of the performance sounded equal to, or if not better than the album version, which is something you don't often get with live performances. You do. 
I know if you can get bands that sound as good, if not better, on stage, you you're doing something right there. That's it for me. That's what did it. I mean, I always really liked them, and then I saw them live, and then I loved them. Oh. You saw that at Crowbar, didn't you? I saw no, actually, your least favorite venue, uh, the Bright Side, the the wrong, the, oh, wrong... <laughs> no. the one that killed Crowbar. Yeah, the, the wrong kid died. <laughs> damn, <laughs> the wrong kid died. Damn it. <laughs> It's a classic movie <laughs> reference. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, and so we've got Zeal and Arda. I'm just having a look here. Yeah, I'm, we're actually going to be having a review for the new Idols record on the uh, Cave Dweller Music page as well oh. in the next, what, fortnight or so? Is it? Is it, it that close? I, for that. I, I actually forgot about that. And now that you've mentioned it, I am so excited for it. Oh, man. I was at... Um, uh joy is an act of resistance i remember was your favorite or one of your favorite records the year it came out definitely i had that thing on repeat i don't know if you remember at the bachelor party um when we were blasting that on that boat going down that little canal for those people in mansions oh and the guy had a uh an anti-aircraft gun in his fucking in his back whatever driveway i don't know yeah he did he had a cannon and a helipad uh in his house um but we also blasted Slepid Mods, which was hilarious because <laughs> we were cruising through like $2 million homes on a boat with a bunch of drunk dudes blasting Slepid Mods. And if you haven't heard them, it's some of the trashiest music that's ever been made. Uh, it's the chappiest music that's ever been made. And I am absolutely here for it because it's fantastic. It is fantastic. So if you guys haven't heard them, check out Slepid Mods. It's an interesting listen and no one else sounds quite like them. Nice. Definitely go do that. Who else have we got? Uh, I don't know if you guys are a big fan of Paul Bearer, but Paul Bearer have a new album coming out uh, about mid-October, which I'm really keen on. I am. Also keep an eye out on the page for that one there. We'll have a review. What else have we got coming out a little bit later on in the year? Let's see what we've got here. Oh, there's one very soon, actually, which I am excited for. I don't know if you guys have heard this. I Actually, you probably haven't. Uh, we got sent through an early release copy from Cursed Monk Records. Um, it's on the website. Just bring it up. It's uh, by a band called Couch, and the album is called Tased by a Bum. I already like it. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. So uh, that will be out um, next month, I believe. Nice. Uh, apparently, there's also a new Mr. Bungle record coming out there, later on in the year. There is, and that is also very exciting. That's going to be I, probably an instant classic. Well, I only know that one song, and I can't remember the name of it, but... Is it Girls on Film or Girls of Porn? It's one of the two. I think the first one, Girls on Film. Yeah, that's the only uh, Mr. Bungle song that I've ever heard. And I, I'm guessing that's a pretty good indication of what the band sound like. I would say so. They're, 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 actually, I can't say that because Mr. Bungle is one of those bands where every single song counts, sounds completely different and the entire album is not one genre. Uh, yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's Mike Patton music, isn't it? I want to say yes. Um, but I, I don't actually know for sure on that one. All right. Uh, cause I'm pretty sure that, well, the other thing is as well, anytime you get, uh, Mike Patton doing vocals for a band, you know that you're in for something, uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he, it is, a it is Mike, Mike Patton. Patton. Yeah, it is Mike Patton. He's done so much stuff. Like I remember going through uni, everyone was like really high on Mike Patton and you kind of go and listen to some of the other stuff that he's done. You kind of like. This dude really just doesn't care. He's got like one of those fucking crazy creative minds that anything he touches basically turns to gold. Oh, definitely. I mean, even if you look at like uh, Faith No More alone, 
uh, the amount of like variety and different stuff he tries just with so that band a lot. Good, I love those. Like all of their albums are so good, man. Fantastic. Uh, have you guys seen them live? I never. Uh, yeah, I saw them at Soundwave ages ago. Me too. I, I was at that Soundwave as well. Wait, which one was that? That was the same one with System of a Down, I believe. And we didn't catch up with each other. Uh, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Damn, all right. Well, I remember it was like, who else was I think it was like uh, Anna Shikari, Cavell Attack before they became Dad Rock, Trash Talk. Um, I think Terra also played that one, if I'm not mistaken. And God, do I love some Terra. Terra is fantastic. I was going to say, I'm really looking forward to uh, Jupiterian coming out on this Friday. It's going to be so Ooh. good. Uh, Proto Sapien. Oh, actually... Brendan, you actually reminded me of this one just by saying that. Uh, we have Resin coming out. So, new Resin album. So good. So give me some dates. I think I believe Resin is the first of October and that couch one I mentioned is second of October. Yeah. Uh, is coming out September eleventh. The other record that I'm super keen to come out uh, is the new Lamp of Murmur. Yeah. It's really rare to find modern black metal that isn't basically ninety second wave worship or Black Gaze, uh, which is basically just Deaf Heaven. And James and I, you know, opinions on Deaf Heaven that I think a lot of people do share. But, man, Lamp of Murmur, they make that old 90 sound, but make it modern and interesting. I think it could be on par with the Departure Chandelier record that came out last year. The only, issue, from- only issue I have with them is just it's a bit hard to find their stuff to look. Oh, dude, I think... Um, uh, that YouTube channel is the only one that actually shares their stuff. Like even on their Bandcamp, they'll only have one or two tracks. I think it's Order of Dark Crafts is the YouTube uh, channel that posts all of their stuff. But yeah, if and when we get a full stream of that one there, very much looking forward to it. Uh, i got another one for you as well. October 30th, we have a new Deadhead album. I don't know if you guys know who Deadhead is or not. Uh, I do that not. Sounds familiar to me. 80s. Oh, I want to say 80s or early. Sorry, I should say early 90s. Like uh, one of the first wave death metal bands um, bringing out a new album all these years later. Um, so you guys should probably check them out if you haven't yet. I'll, I'll send you a link after this. Um, Please do. It's, the new album's going to be called Kill Division and that is end of October. So that will be exciting for anyone who likes Deadhead. Um, and we got one more. I think, Brendan, you mentioned this one the other day. Um, it was, where is it? Uh, Revolting. Oh. The Shadow. Rhythming Shadows? Yes. Yes, baby. That is going to be so good. Apparently, oh. there's also a new Carcass record coming out in late October. Really? We missed that one. That was, oh, I guess uh, that makes sense because they released those new singles uh, a while back. So it's been a while since they'd said anything about it. Holy crap, do they have new singles out? Only, like, I was just going through the spreadsheet in front of me and I was like, okay, Carcass coming out on Napalm makes sense. I had no idea that they already had singles out and I feel bad for sleeping on it. Um, I was about to say, uh, Rithering Shadows, uh, Flash Magic of the Harspec is actually released. 21st came out. Beautiful. It seems like we've got a whole bunch of really good records still to come later on in the year. And the other thing is as well, this is just sort of our uh, what we've got lined up and what we've got in front of us. 
I've no doubt that by the end of the year, we'll have found more records that we didn't even know were coming out just sort of through the, uh, through the usual channels. Yeah, exactly. We, we've got a lot. The, the ones we're kind of lining up here is ones that we've been made aware of by labels or people we know type thing. So there's a lot more to come. Speaking of things to come, uh, James, you've got a few interviews lined up uh, and raring to go. Like once this podcast comes out, once it's all edited and tickety-boo, you'll already be on the way to uh, getting some more interviews done. I will. Um, we've got a few things lined up. There's no definite dates yet, so don't expect to know exactly when it's coming out. We don't yet ourselves. Um, first up, I believe we have Eric from Misanthropic Records. Um, he is the owner and runs that label, and we've been working very closely with him, if you guys are aware of that. We, we actually have an official partnership with that label. Brendan is actually helping out. It's a partnership between the two of us. We're actually making a batch of beer for those guys, if, uh, if you guys weren't aware. And Brendan's going to be doing the brewing on this one. He, he brews bigger batches than I do. And we're going to be doing some custom labels for the band. So, Brendan, I think maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you're brewing. So, uh, my plan for these guys uh, is a dry hopped double rye IPA. It is going to be absolutely delicious. It's going to be a strong one. I'm hoping to hit around 8 ABV. It's amazing. I just actually got all of the uh, ingredients today. Uh, Got them all fresh bottles. So, everything is going to be really nice. And one thing I should just clarify is that we do not have an alcohol uh, license. Um, liquor license so we are not selling these these are a gift to misanthropic and- dude lawyers were already pricking up their ears being like what they're selling these beers? <laughs> <laughs> i thought we should just point that out because we haven't said it anywhere on our website or on our page yeah we're not selling these but they are a gift so what we're doing actually is custom labels so we have a misanthropic label i have the cave dweller label and then we're actually going to do some custom labels for the bands that are signed to the label as well so Everyone's uh, pretty excited. It should be a cool little project. Yeah. The next interview we have is going to be with Nicholas Turner. Uh, he is someone that we've worked very closely with on this page uh, since we sort of became a page. For those who don't know, Nicholas Turner is based in LA. Uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist who records his own stuff. He produces it and distributes it. He actually has a little studio set up at his house uh, that he puts a lot of it through in. And given that fact, it sounds fantastic. I mean, he does do studio work with other stuff, but a lot of it he just does himself. Uh, he's got multiple projects. We've covered Obsidian Hooves, which was some death metal of his. Uh, we covered Nothing Is Real, two of their albums. Um, well, every album's slightly different, but it's experimental doom with some other elements brought in. The last album was actually death metal and doom. And the previous one was dark country blues and doom, which Matt would enjoy because he is super into country music, if you guys did not know that. Um, Look, uh, I do have to clarify this. And, and funnily enough, I was watching something the other day which uh, called out hipsters for liking Outlaw Country. But yeah, uh, Outlaw Country is my shit. Give me some Willie Nelson. Give me some Colter Wall, The Highwaymen. Yes, please. And thank you. Uh, and Charlie Crockett. So, you know, we're not all about we're not all about worshipping Satan here. Sometimes <laughs> we just want to be sad and listen to sad songs. <laughs> And myself personally, I do like country, but I'm more into the uh, the dark country and the gothic country stuff. Um, so just to not get too far off topic, uh, he's also been involved in Feral Lord, who we covered so as a raw black metal project. And we can actually cover one today of his, which was uh, Schizo Christo, which brought back a vocalist who hasn't been in anything for 25 years until he did this project. Um, came out of retirement just to work with Nicholas Turner, which is pretty cool. Um Anyway, we'll be covering him. He'll be on the show talking about what it's like to be a multi-instrumentalist who produces his own music and talk about some of his projects. 
I'm just going through uh, going through our Bandcamp, which you should definitely check out as well, seeing what stuff is up there that we haven't uh, already checked out. Uh, but yeah, I think we've uh, that's kind of everything that we wanted to cover so far today in our first little installment uh, of this chat. We'll try and make this a regular thing, but uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to be chatting about the social uh, medias. James will be able to give you a bit more direction on where to go if you want to submit stuff. Uh, and what to send it through. Obviously, the website, cavedwellermusic.net, is your go-to. There's also the Facebook page, Cave Dweller Music. Give that a like. If you do want to get involved in the community that is starting to uh, blossom up, post some of your own music across, or even discover some new stuff like uh, with Brendan and how he sort of came, became a part of this group, it is uh, Cave Dweller Music Group. There's a link off the Facebook page as well. Uh, and James, if people did want to get in touch via email, uh, via any other sort of avenues, how would they go about doing so? So there's a couple of ways they can do that. We have an actual email address they can send it to, which is cavedwellermusic at metalfan.com. Um, but what might be simpler is if they just go to our website, there are actually, there's actually a contact page. And at the bottom of our homepage, there's a contact form there as well. Um, that would be an easy way for bands to submit themselves for review or interviews. And if you have any questions, just in general, feel free to contact us that way. Um, we do actually also respond pretty quickly on Facebook if you want to message us through the page. Um, so there's that avenue as well. But please, it's easier for you guys if you want to submit content to do it via an email uh, than through Facebook Messenger. And that's basically everything that we wanted to line up, gents. Uh it's bizarre as fuck to me that we're on scattered across three different parts of the globe. You two are a little bit closer to each other. Um, but yeah, it's pretty impressive how heavy music can bring three blokes together across uh, several oceans. Uh, what, one more thing before we do go, I just remembered um, on our website, we now have our playlists for the last four months. So those playlists are Spotify playlists and we have included as long as it's on Spotify, because a lot of the stuff we cover isn't, but what we could cover one song from every album we've reviewed each month on those players. So if you wanted to see what we're about, what we review, what we listen to, um, those are a great way to, to do it, really. And as much as I do love uh, going through bands that are on Bandcamp, it does make it kind of hard to add it into a playlist when you're trying to go across four different platforms and then there's only stuff that comes out, like we mentioned with Lamp of Murmur, on you know one track on Bandcamp and then the rest is uploaded to some random fucking YouTube account. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful, gents. Well, that is us uh, wrapped up. As always, it's a pleasure chatting to you and we'll uh, do it again soon, no doubt. Definitely. And so next up, before we chat again, we should have uh, an interview or two. And then uh, we'll be us catching up probably. 